Peter, stop! We'll get the guys to help with the search and then we'll divide up, all right? We'll have Andrew take the north, Bartholomew will take the bottom. Peter, stop! Look, I'm just as confused about this as you are. Someone stole them. That's the only logical explanation, John. Wait, 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 okay? Look, what we witnessed today. I, I, the guards, I, they took him. We have to move swiftly. We have to rebury the body properly. Look, Peter, stop! Okay, we need to go tell the others. Tell them what? What we saw. We saw nothing. Exactly. John, do you not understand that they are trying to stop us? That's why Jesus kept waking us up to pray. That's why they got to Judas. That's why. That's why they arrested Jesus. Just the other day, I was looking at him. I was looking him in the eye and I, and I told him that I loved him and that I would follow him to the ends of the earth. He was supposed to be our king. He is the king. When we were in the tomb, I remember something Jesus said. The linens were just lying there. That they, they were just lying there. No, no. Think bigger. Look, all of this, all of it, was supposed to be preparing us for this moment, for that empty tomb. We just couldn't see it. Couldn't see what? Okay. When Mary came back and said that the tomb was empty and that the angel of the Lord was there, that's when it started to come back. To John, me. enough. We can reminisce about this later. Jesus is missing. We have to go find him. He's not missing. That, that's the point. Look, he was trying to tell us about this. Jesus was preparing us for this. He's risen. Peter, he's a different kind of king, and he always was. Peter, do you remember that night Jesus asked us who we thought he was? When he called me Satan? Yeah. Yeah, I called him... Lord of all, Peter. We just didn't understand. But he's gone. No, he's risen. He did it. 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 Peter, he's risen. He's risen. He's risen. He's risen. He did it. Do you hear that world? He's risen. He's risen! He's risen! What a powerful declaration, something we've been declaring for years. He is risen. But I need you to understand that this morning, this declaration made every Easter around the world as we celebrate that Jesus rose from the grave is greater than just a moment of remembrance, but it's a declaration unto all generations. He is risen, not he has risen, not once he risen, he rose one time, but he is still alive and well in this moment. This has got to be more than just an Easter Sunday. This has got to be the moment where you and I realize what took place, what really happened, and what it did for us. 
what it did for you and I, what it will do for our children, what it will do for our children's children, what it will do for all generations. Do you know that the power moment of the Easter weekend does not lie in just today's celebration of a risen Savior? The power moment for us as believers is in the crucifixion. That moment that Jesus paid our ransom. That moment that he took our pain, our problems, our struggles upon his body and nailed them to a cross. That's the power moment. And though we've all come to celebrate the risen Savior, I need you to know that he is risen is an ending to an amazing story and the beginning of yours and mine. We have got to stop as a church waiting till Easter to celebrate a risen Savior, but make this the loudest declaration of what we live the other 364 days of the year. He is risen is not a declaration reserved to an Easter Sunday morning. He is risen is a declaration, a cry of our hearts, when we wake up in the morning, when we get up out of our beds, I know it seems like we can't go anywhere, but you're alive and well. You're breathing. And for those that have died, they are alive and well in God. He is not risen just on Easter he is risen tomorrow morning. He is risen on Tuesday. He is risen on Wednesday. He is risen on Thursday. He is risen on Friday. Baby, if you and I would just come to the understanding that he is risen and stop living in, we've got to wait till Easter to celebrate it again. We might just rise ourselves. He is risen is an exclamation point of one life and a declaration to another. He is risen has such greater implications than matching clothes, Easter egg hunts, good lunch for some of us, and a really good nap. Look, look we, we were joking about it this morning. Well, we're going to wear it. It's Easter Sunday. My wife says she wants to take an Easter Sunday picture with face masks. Corona 2020. Happy Easter. It's a different ballgame. We can't get together, but can, can we just say this? Is he still risen if we can't get to the church? Is he still risen if we can't dress up and wear our cute pastel colors? Look, a lot of y'all saved money this week. Amen. We, we, we jokingly said in the house the other day, Easter 2020, it's Amazon gift cards. That's about it. Maybe an egg if they're lucky. Amen. But, but we, everything is shifted. But, but this is what we've, we've brought Easter down to, an Easter bunny, an Easter egg hunt, which that's really weird, an Easter bunny with eggs. That's besides the point. Uh, uh, pastel colors. Uh, uh, we have to go to church because that's what we do on Easter. Ah, I'm sorry. Easter will never be the same after today. Easter will never be the same after today because we should never look at Easter the same way after today because Easter is tomorrow. Easter is next week. Easter is next month. Could you imagine if every Sunday... We celebrated God as much as we're celebrating him right now. Could you imagine if every week we pursued God the way we've pursued him over these last three weeks? Could you imagine what we would look like? Could you imagine what the church would look like? Could you imagine the celebration that would be going on in heaven if you and I did not reserve it to one weekend, but we lived it because it was what we were called and purposed to do? He is risen has such greater implications than what we've made it. He is risen cannot be just a shout on one Sunday out of the year as we declare who we are because of Jesus. He is risen was and is not just a statement but a roadmap. 
a plan how you and I can live and overcome. He is risen as a shout in the darkness to let the world know that because he got up, I can too. I don't know who's watching this right now, but some of you are going through it. He got up so you could. He got up so you could stop worrying. Look, I'll share this with you real quick. The, three days ago, all of a sudden, my, my glands swelled up and uh, my snow stuffed up and I had a little bit of a cough. And, and, of course, the first question you have is, what is this it? Do you have the corona? Or as we call it in my house, the rona. Whatever it is, it's automatic. I mean, you come on, work with me for a second. You go to the store to buy groceries. You feel like you got a cough coming just because you got to clear your throat. And you're like swallowing it down because you know the moment you cough, everyone around you is looking at you. In fact, when you cough, they do this. Because they're afraid that you might have it. This, this whole thing, this, everything that we're in, everything that we're dealing with, the, the reports that we're getting. I saw this morning that, that St. Tammany Parish had a spike in cases of coronavirus. And what the media tells you is to go back to bed, go back to sleep. It might go away tomorrow. But Jesus said, get up. Because I've come to deliver you out of your bed of afflictions. I've come to set you free. I've come to raise you up. If, if I'm risen, so can you. He has risen as a shout in the darkness to let the world know that because he got up, I can too. That no matter what, I can overcome. That because he got up, I can live again. That because he got up, I can face another day. It is time for you and I to begin to walk in our declaration rather than just saying it once a year. Can we take the he is risen out of Easter and put it in your tomorrow? Can we really start living like he's alive and well? Jesus rose so we could know that we don't have to stay down. And it doesn't matter what the world throws at us. It doesn't matter what the coronavirus throws at us. It doesn't matter what the CDC says. It doesn't matter what the world says. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to choose to hold on to this word, not that word. Yeah, they can tell me what's going on, but I, I serve a God. It says, a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but no plague shall come nigh my dwelling. I'm going to hold on to the scriptures that were written long before a virus, long before a pandemic, long before struggles, long before broken hearts, long before depression, long before worry, long before doubt. I'm going to hold on to this, and this is what's going to sustain you and me. This is the risen word of God. This is not the asleep word of God. It doesn't matter what the world says about us. Let me help you with something. We're being talked about more as believers than we've ever been talked about ever. The church is being talked about in this hour. I have seen from every news outlet, they're all turning to God. Why? Because we've had the answer the whole time. He got up so that we could get up. He's risen. And so are we. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what the world throws at us. It doesn't matter what the world says about us. If the one that lives in us defeated death, hell, and the grave, then it's time for you to come out of our tomb and live. It's time for us to step out, pick up your bed of affliction, rise and walk. You've been complaining about your bed sores for too long. Get up. Get up. Stand up on your feet and get up and walk. You're not going to die in this thing. You're going to live. 
You're going to live. You're going to live. You're going to thrive in this hour. Not just live, but declare. Declare what? That he's risen. And if he is, then I am. If he is, then you are. If he is, then your children are. If he is, then your spouse is. If he is, then your families are. Let me give you the story leading up to the burial of Jesus because I want to get us into the book of Matthew this morning. But let me just give you the story leading up to the burial. Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate to ask for Jesus' body for burial. The Bible says he prepared him for burial and placed him in the tomb and then rolled the stone in front of the grave. And in Matthew 27, the leading priests and the Pharisees, the ones that were scared of Jesus, the ones that wanted to put him away, said that they, they went and said they asked that not only the tomb stay sealed for three days, but there be guards placed outside of the tomb in order to make sure that no one took him. But in Matthew chapter 28, verse 1, it says this, and this is where we're going to sit for the next few moments. In Matthew 28, verse 1, it says early on Sunday morning. When? Early on Sunday. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't wait till the middle of the day? He said early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and Mary and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Can I? Okay, so while I'm reading this to you, I'm getting the Spirit of God speaking to me because I just want to say this to you. Early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning. Can I, can I just share this with you for a second? This is a new day. This isn't yesterday. This is a new day. I receive that word right now. This is a new day. Can we act like it's a new day? This is a new day. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. You notice that it said that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went, didn't go to mourn at the tomb. They said they went to visit the tomb. Visit means you're going with an expectation to see something. Mm -mm. What did you wake up with expecting to see this morning? Mary Magdalene and, and the other Mary are going out to visit the tomb. In other words, they weren't planning on staying at the tomb. They weren't planning on pitching a, pitching a tent at the tomb. They weren't planning on building a house at the tomb. They were going to visit the tomb, which means they were going to look and leave. You can look, but you can't stay. Problem with us right now is we're spending a lot of time looking and building houses in the midst of stuff that are dead. God says you can visit the tomb, but you can't stay at the tomb. So it says there, it says they went to visit the tomb, and in verse 2 it says, suddenly there was a great earthquake. Mm, Jesus. Hold on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull something real quick, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if you missed what God gave me on, on Friday night, you missed it, but I'm just going to hold it for a few minutes, because when I drop this bomb on you, you're going to run around the house. Amen. Like I almost did. Praise the Lord. Anyway, I'll get there in a second. Verse 2, it says, suddenly there was a great earthquake. If you underline on your Bibles, underline great earthquake. Underline great earthquake. We'll get to that in a minute. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Verse 5, then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. Can I give you the word that God gave me? Can we stop? Waking up on Easter Sunday morning checking tombs? Can we wake up on Easter morning, stop going to visit the gravesite of Jesus, wondering if he really rose from the dead? Because here's what we do. We a lot of times spend our lives as believers acting as if Jesus 
goes in and goes out and goes in and goes out. That's not what the Bible says. It says that the angel of the Lord came down, the stone was rolled away, and Jesus left. It never says that he came back. So here would be my question. Why is it that we have a tendency to go back to dead things instead of living in Christ? Why is it that we have a tendency to go back to visit dead things? Listen to me. Where you were before this was a dead place. Now you're alive in Christ. Can we stay here? Can we, can we just stay here? Stop visiting. Well, I just want to go see it. I just want to go see it. it. It just reminds me. Reminds you of what? Where you once were rather than where he's going? Can we follow Christ out of the tomb? Or do we keep picking up the, the grave clothes, holding on to them, going, oh, God, why did you leave? Maybe the reason we keep going back to the grave is because we're more familiar with death than we are with life. We're more comforted by dead things than we are comforted by living things. It's, it's easier to admit that he died on a cross and stayed than it is to believe that what God said would happen actually happened. And that on that third day, that Easter Sunday morning, he rose from the grave, rose from the dead for what? Why did he get up to prove to you that you could? That you don't have to stay in the dead places, that you can walk into the living places, that you can walk with him and him be your God and you be his. There's something that's got to shift in this moment. There's something that's got to shift in this hour. It says, and the angel spoke to him, and don't be afraid. He said, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. Yes, Jesus was crucified, but can we step a step further? He died so that we might not be bound to sin. But why did he get up? So that we might rise in him and ascend to the, ascend to the heavens to be with our Lord when this is all over. We have spent too many years Looking for him. Come on, think about this for a second. I've heard it over the weeks. Why would God let this happen? Why would God allow this situation to happen to us? If he truly loved us, why would he do this? I mean, can I just be honest with you? That question, that question is a person who's still looking for Jesus and has not found him yet. He never said that death would be taken away. He said he took away the sting of death. But death still is, a, is there. But do you understand that without death, there is no resurrection? See, see, it's amazing. We want the ascension of Jesus to the right hand of the Father, but we want to ignore the death part. We want to, we want to step into this new season, but we want to ignore what we're going through. And you've got to understand that both of them work for the good. Both of them work for his purpose. Did God put corona on the planet? No, he didn't go here, watch this, whack. But he's given us an opportunity to rise up in this hour. I'm going to give you that scripture in Matthew in just a minute, but I, I got to go on to this. Verse 6, it says, he isn't here, he's risen. He got up. He got up from the dead. Where did he get up from? The dead. If you got some dead stuff in your house, dead stuff in your house, dead stuff in your family, dead stuff in your life, dead stuff in your private spaces, I'm going to ask you to get up from it. Just get up from it. I didn't say mourn over it. I didn't say have separation anxiety from it. I said get up from it. It says here, it says, he isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come see where his body, watch what your scripture says, was lying. It was lying there. Can, can I just encourage you in this hour to change your vocabulary? Start speaking that it's in the past tense, not the present. 
Start declaring what, what, what seemingly is, was. And watch where your faith level goes to. Watch where it goes to. He goes on to verse 7. It says, and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. And now go quickly and tell his disciples. Why did he get up? So you can go talk to your neighbor. Why did he get up? So you can stop living in your isolated box and start bringing people into the world that God's created just for you. Why did he get up? So you could become a declarer of the gospel. Jesus said, I ascend to the right hand of the Father, but then placed his disciples into a position to go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. Pastor, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a preacher. No, but your life is. Your existence is. Your walk is. It's a declaration that God has got us in the middle of this. And when this is all over, he's going to take us to higher heights. And we're going to continue to increase. And we're going to continue to go from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. To glory to, see, you you want to just stay in your comfort spot. I'm out. There's no more of me sitting in the room just playing preacher on a Sunday morning, sitting in the room tickling people, making them feel good. No, no, no. I'm here to declare that God has got a plan to walk us not only through it but out of it. He is risen so that we can rise, so that we can get up, so that we can face tomorrow, so that we can conquer the seasons ahead of us, so that we can overcome the struggles in our own existence, so that when it's all said and done, God gets the glory. This is not an Easter Sunday. This is an Easter day declaration he is risen get up get up get up i don't know if you realize it but the alarm in heaven has gone off and your snooze button has been broken get up i hope you're shouting at home right now i hope you're screaming at the television right now maybe you might even be running around your living room if you're sitting on your couch maybe you need to get up Oh, that, that's, that's a good word, Pastor. That's a good word. No, man, that's the, I, I, you, you're lucky I'm stuck to a camera right now. Because you know if you were in this room, I'd be walking all over this floor right now because this, this is so in me right now. Can, can, okay, look, just, just let me say this to you for a second. This is not normal. This is not normal. Preach, Pastor. That's a good word. This is not normal. But neither are you. You weren't created to just be in this world. You were created to take dominion in the earth. The power of God rests on the inside of you. When Jesus died on the cross, the Holy Spirit was made available. Let, let, let me let me let me let me let me let me pull this real quick. I got some guys in the back shouting at me because they were in the room when God gave this to me. Uh, uh, in in Matthew chapter twenty seven. In verse 51, I'm going to go in verse 50. It says this, and they don't have this on the screen, so you're just going to flip in your Bibles because I hope you brought your Bibles to church this morning. Uh, in verse 50, it says, then Jesus shouted again, I'm sorry, and he released his spirit. What did he do? He shouted at the cross, and he released his spirit into the heavens. And at that moment, the curtain, the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Stop right there. The curtain. What's the curtain? It's the veil. The veil was torn in two. And what happened when the veil was torn? The Spirit of God left the synagogue and went into Jew, Gentile, Greek, Hebrew, man, boy, girl, woman, everybody. It was now available to all people. The Spirit of God has moved out of the local church and has moved into your home. What are you going to do with it? It's left the church. It's in your living room. What are you doing? Putting it in a box and saving it for next Sunday? 
Oh, we're going to open the box. We'll let the Holy Spirit back out again. Uh-uh. The Spirit of God has now left the church. I told you, this is unprecedented times. This is not normal. The church is not the same as it used to be. The church has now gone to the city, to the neighborhood, to the marketplace. The things we've been telling God we were going to do for years, he's pushed us into the forefront. So the Holy Spirit has left. Jesus died on the cross. The Holy Spirit has left the church. It is now in your home. What are you going to do with it? What? It looks here. It says, it says in the temple, uh, the, the, the veil was torn from top to bottom. It goes on. It says the earth shook. Mm. The earth shook. The earth shook. It shook two times in the crucifixion of Jesus. Two times. It shook when he died, and it shook when he rose. The earth shook two times when you died to your sin nature, and the earth will shake again when you get up. All right, that, that's just, you're just going to receive that however you choose to receive that right now. It says the earth shook, rocks split apart. Let, let me, did you know that there were earthquakes in the earth in weird places right before all this broke out? There's one in Indiana. Uh, where was the other one? Utah. There was another one in Utah. The places we've never seen earthquakes. It's because the Spirit of God is shifting your house. You don't want me to go to Utah and Indiana. I'm going to go to your house. The Spirit of God is shifting things. He's aligning things in your house. It goes on. It says, the earth shook. Rocks split apart in verse 52 of Matthew 27, and tombs opened. Hello. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. There's another version in the New King James says that many those who were believers who had fallen asleep. I'm going to try to get this to you the way because it's been stuck in my chest. And I know I talked about it Friday, but I feel like it goes right with this word where I am right now. It says that it says many believers who had fallen asleep were woken up. We've been asleep long enough. We've been playing church long enough. We've been clocking in and clocking out on Sundays long enough. We've been checking our duty boxes on Sundays. Look, I went to church. God says, ah, stop it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, not, I'm done with this foolishness. I'm telling you in this hour, you are done checking boxes. You're going to live this thing. It says the earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs were opened, the bodies of men, the godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection. What? When? Who? Where? Did y'all hear that? They, they left what? It says they left the cemetery. They, they, they left the cemetery after what? After Jesus. Okay, so we're on Easter Sunday, right? But he got up. Can you leave the cemetery, please? Can you leave it, please? I'd appreciate it. I know God would, too. Because for some reason, we keep sitting, waiting for the, the stone to do something else, or waiting for another miracle moment, or waiting for another situation to happen. And God says, hey, listen, I'm already gone. Can you come and join me? Can you come be with me in this hour? So they left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city. Where'd they go? The neighborhoods. The marketplace. They went out. And appeared to many people. Why? Because they had work to do. They had work to do. They had work 
to do. It goes back to Matthew 28, verse 7. It says, and now go quickly and tell people, tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. I'm going to say this to you and I'm going to ask that you receive this this morning. You have now been given an assignment by God. Easter is over. Jesus is alive. Now live it. Go and tell others. Go and share this thing. Stop waiting for God to do another miracle in your life. You're breathing. Breathe. You woke up. Walk in it. For so long I have said this in the church, and I, and I feel like for years it's been almost tuned out. It's very unpopular because everybody just wants to hear, he's alive, he's alive, and we want to shout from the rooftops, he's risen. But the problem is, is the church had gotten so used to screaming, he's risen, that they forgot to declare he's alive. We almost became like sports fans. As long as our team's winning, we'll shout. But when we're not winning, we quiet. I can tell you, at least in my home, worship has become on the floor, has come on the forefront. Prayer is a part of what we do even more now than we did before. The, the other night after, after Good Friday, I came home that night and we took communion. I'm going to try to say this without getting emotional. We sat at the table and we, we, did, we did it as a family because I think that's what God's really trying to speak in this hour. And we sat at the table and we took communion together and, and we, we explained it and we, we taught our kids and we prayed and, and we finished. We were done, right? And then my kids were like, yeah, it was funny because I put the cracker out and Asher looks at me and goes, Dad, that's not enough for dinner. I said, son, this isn't dinner. And then he tasted the cracker he's like, Bleh. he's four. Give him grace. So we finished the whole communion space, and my daughter, who's five, love, looks and says, Daddy. I said, yeah. She said, real quiet. She said, can I pray? My five-year-old. And, and I expected, you know, come on, work with me for a second. I expected just some little simple prayer. You know, God bless the cracker and the juice. I didn't know it was going to come. And even though we were done with the communion moment, something spoke to my heart and said, let her pray. I'm birthing something in her. Let her pray. So I said, baby girl, go ahead and pray. And she closed her eyes. And she looked the whole time. And she goes, everybody close your eyes. It's the preacher in her. She said, everybody close your eyes. And she wouldn't wait till everybody. She even looked at her four-year-old brother and said, you, close your eyes. We all closed our eyes and bowed our heads. And she just said, Jesus, thank you for dying for us. Thank you that you're alive. Thank you that you love us. And that was the end of it. In Jesus' name, amen. And we, we miss it. When was the last time you thanked him for just being alive? When was the last time you thanked him just for loving you? always with my hand out going, God, give me more. 
God, let me be crucified with Christ so that I might live. Let me be reminded that he is risen is not a declaration reserved for a special celebratory moment on Easter Sunday. Jesus has come off the cross and out of the tomb. Why can't we? That God would help us and remind us to declare and decree and to shout. He is risen. That's the Easter story. Can we not close the book and put the book away till next Christmas? We have this book in our home, the Cajun Night Before Christmas. We read it every Christmas. And, uh, and I try to do it in my best Cajun accent, which is not really good. My grandfather does it really well, but I'm not great at it. I try to do it my best, and my wife laughs at me the whole time, but we do it every year. And it's a book that we pull out every Christmas. What's funny is, is that if the book was out, my kids would ask me to read it to them, even if it wasn't. We cannot reserve this space for another 364 days. God's calling us to live it so that when we come back next year on Easter Sunday, we can celebrate like we were supposed to. I'm believing there's going to come a time in the church, especially in this hour. I believe we're coming to a time that we're not going to have to look any longer, that we'll know where he's at. Last yesterday morning, we sat here in prayer, and uh, the staff and I come in here on Saturday morning to pray, to pray. And yes, we practice social distancing, for those of you that are wondering. And we were in here praying, and I felt the Spirit of God speak to me. He said, I need you to get in the space that I am, and I need you to stop saying you're looking for me. Because those who say that they're looking for me are those who have not allowed me to take ownership of their heart. If you've allowed God to take ownership of your heart, you don't have to look. You know. And that's what I believe we're walking into an hour where we will know. We won't be like the two disciples on the road to Emmaus and Jesus appears to them and they, he talks to them and they go, man, we didn't realize it was him. I believe we're about to come into a time in the church as believers that we're going to hear the sandaled footsteps of Jesus walking up behind us. And what's going to cause us to lean back and walk with him and talk with him. Not wait for the Sunday, but celebrate the Monday. Come on, when was the last time you celebrated a Monday? But we'll celebrate every day because He's alive, and so are we. God is calling us to a greater pursuit, a greater walk than we've ever had. It's time that we get up and join Him. Can we pray real quick as you close this? We went a little bit longer today than I expected, so immediately after this, we're going to go right into Easter Jam. And then we'll push back our Zoom thing about roughly 10 minutes. But you'll be able to log on to it after this. And I would love to sit and talk with you and love and just see you face to face. But I want to pray with you this morning. 
I dare you when it's over, when this day is over, when we finish all the stuff we're doing today. Walk outside your front yard. Take a deep breath. I know it's raining. Go enjoy the rain. Maybe y'all need to remember how to enjoy the rain. Stop hiding from it. But go out even on your front porch and just take a deep breath. And realize he's alive. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this hour. God, you know, we always said that we would, we hoped and prayed that we would be here when you came again. And I think that we've reserved that thought for the rapture of the church, the rapture of the believer. But God, I feel like you've come again. I feel like you're here now more than we've ever seen before. And it's not because you weren't here. It's because we didn't let you in. We wouldn't get up. We kept visiting dead places. We kept going back to the tomb looking for you. We kept mourning over the cross rather than celebrating what the cross represented in our lives. God, I feel like you've come back, but you've come back in us. And as we open our hearts to receive what you want to do, God, you flood every facet of who we are. Father, I believe that in this hour there is a spirit of repentance that is falling over our earth where people are running back to you or running to you for the first time. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I feel like, God, in this moment you're strengthening pastors, you're strengthening the church. Even though we're not together, we're realizing that we don't have to wait. We can do this thing even from distance because it's not about the person. It's about the God that we serve. But that makes the gathering so much better. Because when we come back together, the stories that we will tell, the declarations that we'll tell, the songs that we'll sing, God, help us to get up. Help us to leave this pandemic behind us. Help us to stop breathing life into it. Speaking and fearing it and giving it spaces of doubt and worry. God, help us in this moment to step beyond this and into what you're speaking to us. What you're calling us to and that is a greater relationship with you. I declare over this house family and those watching this morning that we too are rising up in this hour. For those that are watching that do not know you, God, I pray that the glory of God is falling in their homes right now. For those that have not received you, Father, I pray that you would touch them right now and give them the desire to have relationship with you. All they have to do is sit in that space that they're in right now and say, Jesus, come into my heart. I give you my life. I repent for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I'm yours and you are mine. Today, Father, let us step beyond just another Easter Sunday. And let us step into walking with Jesus. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this church. Thank you for what you're doing in churches all over the nation all over the world. Father, I thank you that when this is all over, 
when we finally can come back together again, it'll be like seeing each other for the first time. We'll love bigger. We'll laugh harder. We'll celebrate louder. We'll declare stronger. We'll decree from the rooftops. We won't just say he was risen. We won't just say he is risen. We'll say we are risen in him. Thank you for this Easter Sunday. Thank you for what you're speaking to us. Thank you for ministering to each home. We declare the shalom of God to rest in every house. Thank you for it now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen.